again. It's Coach Innocent Bule, the soccer monk from New Jersey. Again, I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, and uh, taking it day by day. Uh, we have our Q&A episode. You guys uh, sent in your questions, and we're going to try to answer those questions for uh, for, for you, our listeners. Um, for the questions that don't get, uh, we don't get to, that means maybe we created a whole episode uh, for those questions. So if you don't hear your question being uh, being talked about, then check out on the episodes. We definitely have it in there. So my guest here today, who's going to help me with answering these many questions, is a good friend of mine uh, from my college days, my first college, which was Tyler Junior College in Texas. Uh, we have here Jamie Hiker. How are you doing, Jamie? Good, good. Thanks for having me today. Well, thanks for being here because this is <laughs> this is by luck, right? Yeah, this you know, sure is. Yeah, you send me a text, hey, let's hang out, and I'm like, oh, you're the perfect guy for this. Okay, so Jamie is uh played together Tyler and. He's from the UK, right? Where yeah, the UK? Portsmouth, just south of London. Yeah, south of London, and uh, he's been a college coach. He's been in college, uh, the college game. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you, Jamie. Uh, tell yeah. us your story. How did you get to the Americas? So uh, yeah, it was basically cut a long story short. Was you know, I was playing for a professional club in England. Was getting released from my contract around you know seventeen, eighteen years old. Got a scholarship opportunity to come to America, Tyler Junior College, right. and obviously where we met, right. it was, it was right. good times. Mm-hmm. You know, thirteen years ago now, it's a long, long time ago. So we went there and um, then moved on to an NAI school in Kansas City. Uh, you know, we we're a good team. I was a captain there. We we went to a few national tournaments and, and did well, and then got into coaching. Really, you know, the next best thing to playing was coaching. Took an assistant position, did my master's degree at a small NAI school called Avila University in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Uh, then wanted to get into more of the head college role, maybe get my own program. So took an NAI job in in Iowa, uh, just outside of Des Moines, Iowa, university called William Penn University. Had some great success there, you know, winning this coaching history. We broke every school record. We went to the national tournament. And now here in New Jersey at Fairleigh Dickinson University, you know, NCAA Division One, okay. national tournament last year, conference champions, NEC last so year. So is that on the boys' side or the girls' side? Boys side. It's on the boys' side here. Okay. I was oh. a head men's and women's coach now. Did you guys hear that? Boys' side. So if you want to get in, want to get into FD, you know who to call. <laughs> Hit me up, the soccer mark. I got his number. So you just <laughs> call me if you need to get into FDU. Those looking for D1 soccer. Again, this is great. This is not about, you know... You, Everybody knows me. I'm not. I don't talk too much about the pro life and all that because I feel like that's something that you know. I don't want to get into. It, you yeah, know? that comes but, when you do right, right, things. right. But uh, but the college thing, I feel like it's so attainable for a lot of our players who are doing this game, but they don't know exactly. You know how does it how does it happen for a player? Yeah, and it's great that we have you here now that you can maybe some of those questions you can get into that. So again. Thank you again for being here, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, right? looking forward to this. So one of the questions we got in here, and uh, one was it was one of – actually, this is a young a young player that I coached before. He was he wanted to know my story because I don't like talking about myself too much, only to you. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen you. I've like <laughs> seen you, my man. Yeah. I don't like talking about myself too modest, much, about modest, where, where, where I've been, what I've done, what I'm not. But a little thing about me, born in Kampala, Uganda, uh, came here – my sophomore year of high school, Memorial in West New York, New Jersey. Uh, I played, I did track my spring season. Fall season was the soccer. I played on the soccer team, varsity from my junior year. I played, I think, two years? Yeah, two years of uh, high school soccer. Never did any club soccer. Uh, my friend Chris was the one who used to pick me up, take me to a game here in two. If one of their black players didn't show up, you know, I could, they could cut me as him. So I showed up to those games and played. But pretty much never had any club soccer or anything. Uh, I was always the fastest one on the field. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I think technically I was lacking because, of course, I never had any real uh, structured training since my childhood. I just used to play against my cousin who I used to beat all the time, you know. 
<laughs> so now, but uh, but that's that's pretty much the soccer I've played. Did my high school, got into Tyler uh, through a weird way. I got into Tyler because I was supposed to go to Greensboro, but the money, they didn't give me the, the type of money that I was able to afford. So I ended up at Tyler Junior College where I met you, met all these great soccer players that I couldn't believe I was playing you know, playing and with, and we players. had a great, we had a great team. I learned a lot. I learned how much I had to learn. Uh, I, I struggled a bit my fall season. Picked it up my spring season. They wanted me back, but I was pretty much done with Texas. Yeah. Then I moved to Rutgers um, University Division Three here in Anjac. Took them to their first ever Anjac, first ever Anjac. Thanks to my lovely goal. You guys can look that up on Google. It's probably up there. But yeah, so then I got into coaching through that and now I'm here trying to help the next player become whatever player they want to be or a better you know individual into our society because I think we need more of those than professional players at this point so just want to build good good people for our um, our culture right uh, so that's a little bit about me <clears throat> now let's get into a question for you so yeah. I know you've been on the college game but we have a question about Someone is asking. He has two. He has two sons. He has a 2010 player. I believe 2010s are U10s, yeah. and then 2009 are about again uh, U9s, I guess. So UA U9. And they say, what type of training should he be looking for his uh, his sons? Like when he's looking for training, where what type of training should he be thinking about for his players? I, at this age. should be getting lots of touches on the ball. You know, physically, they're going to mature with age. Their body's going to change with age. But it's all about getting lots of repetition and lots of touches on the ball. Um, it's very important that what they recognize at that age. It's not just what they do at soccer practice. It's what they do when they go home and when they're away from home. You know, they might only practice two or three times a week. But that isn't going to get them to the level they need to be. So they need to start touching the ball more. You know, they need to be constantly around the ball and then the rest of the game will come. They need to experiment with positions and, and how they see and view the game. But ultimately, it's just repetition and touching and touching the ball. And similar to yourself, I wish I had maybe more coaching at a younger right. age, maybe improved elements of my very, game. You were very technical. Like you had the I think you're one of the most technical guys in the group. Yeah, which is right? very small and right? skinny. Yeah, yeah. right. It was a bit different then, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... So now, just to because you you said get a lot of touches, train more, right? Or get more. You said actually, you said a good, you said just be more around the game. Yeah. So a lot of parents confuse this with training more. Yeah. So can you be clear? Because these are younger players now. Is it training more or just being more around the game? What do you mean exactly when you when you go into that? I think, obviously, you need to train more than just what you do at soccer practice right. for a start. Two or three times a week is not enough. And then when you're at a young age, you've got the energy levels to constantly, constantly train. But be around the game more, you know. Watch the game more. Listen to the game more. Watch a player in your position who you like and study right. how he plays the game. You know, read articles. Use the resources that are online. Talk to your coaches. Talk to your mentors. Just be the best person about that game. You need to be an expert. Well, you don't need to be an expert right, sorry, right, at a young right. age, but right. the more, you know, if you think about Lionel Messi, I don't think he was picking up a tennis racket or going to swimming practice when he was 10, right. 11 right. years old. Right. 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 He was soccer, 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 whether that's playing, whether that's mm -hmm. reading, whether it's mm -hmm. studying, whatever. So just be about the game. Right. Just, just touch that's like, your passion. Like you home, just touch the ball and just, just touch the ball. Yeah. Just touch the ball. Find a way, figure out how to use your, your 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 the plates the glasses in your household how you just blow them. yeah kick them around kick them around just be about okay yeah that's, that's a great point there you know um thank you on that so for you the, those are uh, u nines u ten players the younger players just be around the ball be around the game be about the game uh just train more play more. Yeah, just be football, right? Just and it doesn't need to be strict. It doesn't right. need to be hard. Structure. Just, just yeah. do it. Just do it. Yes. Just do it. You know, you'll learn. You'll pick up things in the street. You'll pick up things yourself. You'll pick up things from TV. You'll pick up things from your coaches. But yeah. just, just do it. You'll love it. I mean, there must be a reason why you like kicking that ball around. So just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Do it for enjoyment and, and the rest will follow. All right. So now we're going to, we have another, this is a parent. And again, she, uh, she has... Her daughter is a 2008, and yeah. uh, 
a talented, a little talented uh, a young lady. And she wants to know what should parents, what should, what should the goals, what, what are the, what should parents, what should their realistic goals be for their players at the, at the young age? What should parents realistically expect or set as goals for their kids? I think they need to make sure that their player is developing. The parents shouldn't worry about winning games, playing time, this and that. They, the parents should just worry like, is their kid getting coached well and is he developing as a soccer player and as a person? You know, you don't need to go to the best coach. You need to go to the best coach for you, who your daughter is. Right. And then they need to develop in that realm and find the game themselves. But the parent needs to almost take a step back. The coach is the expert. And this, you know, I wouldn't, if I was asking that mom and she's working in finance, right. I wouldn't be like, oh, what are you doing in finance? And I, I give her my opinion, you know. Right. There's a difference between an opinion and a function. And our function is to be a soccer coach. So let trust the coach, find the coach that you trust, and then just let the coach deal with the player and improve the player. What about when they talk about, she, she asked about setting goals. Uh, what goals can parents be setting for their kids at this youth, uh, at this youth level uh, at that stage? So that's a good question. Um, I mean, for goals, it's, I mean, f- football, soccer is a very subjective opinionated based games so it's very difficult to put exact goals right. but you can see if your child is improving yeah improving. you can't so, put and that, and, stats okay. and facts to it right but. so i want to add to this because we we always get into this where we believe uh improving improvement comes again from the environment uh the the, the training methods uh and the the players around because the environment is set by the coach the uh the players and all that. So how much of improving a player at these stages of like a eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year old is all about also the players? How much is it about the players around them? Like level of the players around them? It is important. The coach will obviously put restrictions and hopefully the coach is well educated to make a good training session where it should be constantly challenging. I am a firm believer that you shouldn't need to jump up age groups to challenge a player. If the coach is good enough, he should be able to challenge every individual in that team. Right, right. You shouldn't be like, oh, little Susie's good, put her up and play against bigger, strong. Yes, an element that works, and you should maybe do parts of it, maybe a training session a week to learn how to play bold plays. It might help. There's obviously big, big benefits from it. But the coach should be able to, push that player individually to get better, to get better, make training harder, set yeah. goals for them, you know, uh, give them challenges when they go home, give them homework to do that should, that will keep improving the player. But yeah. like I said to you at the beginning, you've got to be a good coach that does that. If he's not yeah. a good coach, then you're not going to get that. Right, right, right. So again, Jamie's reminding everyone that, again, the setting the realistic goals right now and what you should expect for your player at these ages from the 2008, you know, small-sided, even I think any kind of like until you're 13, it's having your player improve. Is my player improving? Is my player improving? And then we, then you start setting the goals. The goals, again, he said they're very subjective. Everybody wants something different from the game. Everybody sees something different in the game. So there's not a – I don't think we should have goals, maybe let our – players have their own goals in the game because they are the ones playing it. Yeah. So they should set their own goals within like, okay, this time next year, can I be playing on that team instead of this team? Type yeah, of yeah, kind of, can I be ready for this level instead of that? I've, I always tell my, my, my players and the parents, let the players lead the way. If the player is not showing you the way, stop showing them the way. Because yeah. maybe they don't want to go anywhere. You know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> Hey, mom, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So we got to let, yeah, yeah. let, 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 let our players let you know how much they want to get pushed and how far they want to get into the game. You know? So, okay. And then this question, I'll take this question first, is uh, how, does, how does one determine a good club for their player? 
and what ages or time should should we be thinking about moving on? I tell every parent once the player has become has outgrown the group, the club, you should always move on. Yeah. But don't forget that that happening has happened because of the program you've been part exactly, of. Yeah. So sometimes we think moving on means, oh, now you cannot do anything for me. So no, no. The coach, the club has done what they needed to you to do for your son, your daughter to move on. Yeah. So you should be appreciative of that. I think sometimes parents forget, oh, I'm two years ago, I was excited to be here. Yeah. I'm no longer excited. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. Exactly. That means they've gotten you now where all of a sudden, yeah. You when you when you were crawling, it was ah, whatever. But now guess what? Now you're jumping and you're like, man, I'm with these crawling kids out here. That's great. So a be thankful, be grateful, and that's when you can move on. But move on because I think your 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 player is ready for that next level, yeah. whatever the next level is. Don't move on on because oh this kid is not playing here. But now we are forgetting that our kid is improving or not. Yeah, you know. If you want to move on, that means okay, my player now has reached a plateau with this group and with this coach. And the coach cannot push them. Some coaches are not great at getting players from small-sided onto the big field yeah, type of game. Exactly. The mental is different. Uh, some kids are hitting puberty and all that. So some coaches are not great at uh, dealing with those type of exactly, players. Yeah. So as a parent, if you realize, okay, all of a sudden now your kid doesn't respond to the trainer or coach, okay, it's time to move on. But we, we get a lot of uh, emotional decision made early so players are moving on when they should be staying put yeah right exactly. so what's your take on that on that quick moving on when they should be moving on and exactly right um you know the grass isn't always greener the coach got them to a certain level and as long as you can see wow. development then you know that should be the that should be the goal for your child it's very difficult, you know, if you are coaching maybe a third or a second team and they're getting the opportunity to go to the first team. But, yeah, like you said, they need to be thinking of the coach that got them there to get into that position to get to the first team. But, like you said, the coach should be able to push them. and should be able to work them. You know, Yes, you will get better playing with better players. There's no doubt that is, that is facts. But you shouldn't just want to change club because maybe you can play on a higher right. level team in a different club and maybe a different coach. Like that doesn't work out. Um, you know, your player, your kid will earn the right to go up levels. And like you said, the coach should not be forgotten who got them there. And that's your job as a coach. You know, I've been now coach club soccer. Right. You've got the third of the second team. You take your, your son or your daughter and you get them to a certain level. They've got to go. Right. But, it shouldn't be forced. Right. You, you know, us as coaches got them there. They deserve that opportunity. Let them go. But it shouldn't be forced. It, right. it should be right. right. And right. that coach can still challenge them. Should be the, like, it should be like a natural progression. Yeah. Where even the coaches are like, listen, I think right now, yes. this is, And also, but this is also where I need our, our guys who are doing this. It's okay to let go of the players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's, like anything, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, like learn. We should learn. We should appreciate getting our players to that next club that maybe my club can I provide. We're, it's we're, great. We're coaches to get the best out of the players that we have. Right. I've had it in college. We've had guys at the NAI level go straight to Division One schools, even right. when they've, they've only played one year. Right. We've had guys, you know, the Division One level go straight to the pros, whatever it may be. You've done your job as a coach. You know, you've maximized the potential. They've given you a service to your team and to you as a coach and as a program. Let them go. Right. If the situation's right, and I'm yeah. saying, you know, it's not always, you, you can give them advice, mm -hmm. but, you know, we would like to think as coaches that we're honest enough people right. that, and I think we are, that it is the right thing right. to do. Like, and I think you've got to be the saying, right, right individual as a coach. Right. What I'm saying is, what I'm trying to do, don't, Let's not hold players back yeah. for our own benefit. Exactly. I feel like... Who remembers who wins the U11 Women's New Jersey State I, Cup? No, nobody does. Nobody does. Like, 
let's say let's say um my club wins ten straight U ten state cups. I promise you, the eleventh year is the most important state cup yeah, we have exactly. ever have to play. And, and that that ten years ago player would probably be uh, graduating college, and he's like, "Why are you going crazy about this little thing?" So understand that whatever is happening in youth soccer every year happens every year. Exactly, <laughs> it happens. But the things day. that you teach that young player at a young age Leave on. that will get them a college scholarship. Shit, right, that will have them that experience, and that's the ultimate goal. And sometimes we lose track of that. Exactly. So that 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 was that was that on moving on when when players. When parents or players should decide on moving on, especially the parents now with the where they're making a lot of these decisions for their uh, for their young ones, right? So, on to we go into the we someone asked about the highest level, but also that's the same thing. When does a player feel like it should be natural, right? I think people should not players should not be trying to get on the highest level, but not be of the highest level. Yeah. And, not just go along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't you know? just be the be-all and end-all goal. Right, right. So your you player's should... good enough, they'll get there. Right. Uh, don't just go Natural. there and just not play and just not like it. That's not going to improve anyone. So, and then the other question is, uh, this is from a parent that wants that kid to play college uh, college ball. They're not sure. They did not say uh, either whatever level of college. She just wants her daughter to play college ball. Um, what are the things she should be doing now? Her daughter is 14 and part of an ECNL uh, club. What are the things that she should be doing with her daughter with, uh, on that to get into, to keep playing in college? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I was a head women's soccer coach at any high school for three years and had some good success with that. And I think the important thing is at 14, girls commit a lot earlier than guys. So she does need to start thinking maybe geographically what part of the car, part of the country she would want to go to school, maybe attending some ID camps. You know, that would be very, very beneficial. Maybe, you know, if she wants to go to you know, UNC Charlotte, go, go, go do their camp. Right. If she wants to go to UCLA, go do one of their camps. See if the area, see if the school, see if the coaching environment is something that you like. Um, so that is very good. Do your research. You know, we all dream of playing soccer at the highest level possible, at the highest, at the best college possible. It doesn't happen for everyone. There is a home for everyone. It can be a junior college. It can be NAI. It can be Division Three. It can be Division Two. It can be Division One. So don't be closed-minded. Be very open-minded. Uh, do your own research. And then obviously sell yourself to the best of your ability. You know, put yourself in good showcases. Get yourself around a good club, good coaches make a good highlight video, get good grades. You don't mm. want grades hindering where you would potentially want to go to school, but just there's a lot of content there, but don't rush it. Right. Um, you know, listen to the words I said and just, you know, focus on finding what is best for you as an individual. Right. And also when you talked about like, um, don't be open-minded because a lot of, we all want to play at the highest level or whatever level. Yeah. So college level, there's NAIA, is JUCO, yeah. Uh, then there is a D three, is D two, and then there's D one. Yeah. Everyone wants to be D one. Everyone yeah. wants to be D one. But we forget if you. I always tell people this. I said if you're already playing college ball, if you already chose to play college ball, I feel like you're not really on a professional path. Like you're not really on thinking about like you know what I'm really trying yeah. to go pro pro. If you're really like in college playing yeah. soccer, yeah. yes, it's gonna happen. Like the MLS, you can. Some guys can exactly. actually make a great from, but what I'm saying is that already there, you probably set already kind of like your ceiling, ceiling yeah, right? The yeah. ceiling's already set because you already decided, I want to play college ball. Because college ball is how long? Three months? Yeah. It's not long, yeah. <laughs> it's not long. So that means if I'm playing at, what, even if it's D1, but I'm playing you for that, and then what am I doing the rest of the, so that means you already kind of put yourself in a certain place. So what I'm trying to tell parents is that if you're, player can get into a great university and it happens to be division three guess what i think that makes a better student athlete but that's the word the word is student athlete um you're not like you touched on there you're not going to a lot of schools to to go to the pros you know there's probably 
a handful of schools where you could say maybe these have a good connection with the pros. Very, very difficult to get into. But like you said there, you're a student athlete. You have to use your degree at some point. You might have a serious injury. You know, something might happen where that degree is all you have to fall back on. So student athlete is the critical word. It's 18 to 22, you know, roughly when you're in college. You can figure the process out as you go. But like you said, student athlete is the most important thing. Do your research. Find what is best for you. The goal, I'm a Division One coach. The goal isn't always to get to Division One. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, the best teams I've ever seen were our Tyler right, Junior Tyler Junior College, the these, best teams in the nation. These teams were being Division One teams, being MLS teams. These right. teams were being everyone, and we were a junior college, right? You know, right, and right. we went there, and and you know, we had good careers there, but we didn't perform that right. great there. Right. But then we went elsewhere and did perform, right? Because that shows the level that was so high there, and it's how you react to that, but. What I'm saying is we went to a junior college and it was the best stand we've ever seen. And then we had to go to another level right. to reach our potential. And that's what I was like. And, and you've got to figure right. these things out. But it's the goal shouldn't just be Division One, Division Two. I'm right. running the pros. Find the school that's best for you. And I, this is the key thing I always say to my players. I've said NAI, when I coach JUCO, NAI, D1, D2, whatever, you have to be performing at whatever level you are at. So whether you are D3, D2, D1, NAI, JUCO, just perform. Whether you are a club soccer player, you're just, a DA player, you're a U11, you're a U12, you're male, you're female, just perform at that level and the things right. will come. Again, I'm going to go back to that. Perform. If you're playing against toddlers, don't take it easy because they're toddlers. Because when I'm watching you play, I'm seeing what you're doing mm -hmm. against the toddlers, right? Yeah. Because cause you, you know how you sometimes you jump in with your players and you do, someone will be like, oh man, those are little kids. And I'm like, oh, I know they are. But you shall make them look like little kids. Some some of these guys won't make them look like little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to perform. So I have these parents and they're like, you know what? My kids should be playing at this whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. But we just played at this level today. Tell me if anyone left this game saying, wow, that kid should <laughs> yeah. not be here. I'm like, once that, if you have that feeling, if every time you get on that field and you're performing, girl, Boy, whatever you are, you get to do something and you do it at your best and always performing. Everything else, D1, professional, uh, FIFA president, all that happens. You never know who's watching. Exactly. It could be anything, yeah. anywhere. But, but if you're like, oh, man, this game weekend, we're playing against the team. I tell my players, if we're playing a game and, we, and everyone came in thinking we're going to win by 10 goals and we win by three, we just failed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We pretty much just failed. Yeah. Yes, we won the game, but we pretty much failed. Yeah. Because those are the games I think I'd rather lose knowing we were off-off than win, but not win the way we are supposed to win, right? Yeah. So if we were supposed to win 10-0 and it's a 3-1 game, that's embarrassing. Exactly, yeah. Oh, but then next week you're going to try out for the Rebels. Oh, uh, like the comp, the football sense that isn't there. Yeah, for me, you know what I mean. So again, Coach Jamie said it. Whatever level you are, perform because that's the only way you can get to the next level, right? Yeah, you cannot be the best at a level mentally. Just perform. Just, Just show perform. it. Just show it. It doesn't yeah. matter what whatever age, you what think. Level. Show it. You think you can flick the ball over three defenders? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just just do it constantly. You know, don't right. have a day off. Right. And don't think about levels. Just focus on performing and doing your job to the best of your ability, right? whatever it is on the yep. field. And you never know. Things will happen. But good things will happen, just whatever level you're at. And then the question from – so now we have we, – we're in the game. We're in the game here in, uh, in America. You're from, uh, you're from Portsmouth in uh, the UK. So the world is different football-wise yes. from here and there. And we – Every parent, coaches, and all the bystanders keep on talking about how the game here is a pay-to-play system. But I want, and a parent wants to understand, what is how is pay-to-play affecting the game with, uh, with, 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 uh, game with player development here? How is pay-to-play affecting that? And what if there was no pay-to-play? How big of a difference would the level of the game would be in uh, in the United States? Yes, that's a, that's a great question. Um, America, 
just just overall is is about money. It's a business oriented country, so I'm afraid that that's just the way it is. Soccer is an expensive sport, but if you could get the best players playing that weren't paying, you would probably have a better team than maybe the ones that were paying. Right. Just sometimes, right? Um, if it was an over, you know, I never had to pay growing up. I mm-hmm. still, I know kids in England now still don't have to pay growing up, and I'm not meaning this disrespectfully i live in america i love in america but they england's producing a lot of young players at the moment those kids weren't paying thousands and thousands of dollars from a young age to play soccer it's obviously right. a different environment a different world right. and that's why i stayed at the beginning but um i think you know if they didn't you, you would have a different type of player you would maybe have a better player um but you know there's more opportunities and it's, it's just the way it operates out here unfortunately so but, when you say they'll you would have a better player. Can you dive in a little bit more in that? How not paying would bring out the better player uh, to work with for the coaches and the clubs? I think that maybe you would have a more, you know, maybe an inner city kid, maybe a Hispanic kid. Uh, you know, Hispanics love the game of soccer. They yeah. can't afford thousands of dollars to play soccer. And they, but they are, they are, I'm just using them for one example. Mm-hmm. They love the game. That's all they know. That's all they watch on TV. Right. The stereotype American kid could be watching American football, could be watching baseball, basketball. It's just, just he's just suddenly good at soccer and likes it. His friends play it and his parents, you know, pay from the player or she to play it. So they end up playing it and then they realize they're good at it. But I think you've got more core instincts for the players that really just want to play the game because that's all we wanted to do in a young age, you know, the environments that we're from, you just wanted to play the game. Um, and, you know, I, some of the clubs I play for in England, if they were paid to play, I wouldn't be able to pay for them. Right. Oh, sorry, play for them. So it's difficult. It's a difficult question in the country that we live in. And, you know, you want to get to the highest level uh, and the best level, but you need that. There's a lot of talent that just goes by right. because they can't pay. So well, can you give us a little bit of, how it works for you, how it worked for you growing up in the game, how you, how you chose the team, how you decided to play for this team at whatever age, and leading up to your, you know, your teen, uh, teen years as a player. Tell us a little bit more of the, how things work. How do players move from one team to another? You're, let's say now you're eight years old. Yeah, good Tommy, question. Tommy, Jamie at eight years old. <laughs> With the shin guards over his socks. Yeah. <laughs> Running funny, big right. floppy hair. Um, right. uh, yeah, I mean, growing up in England, it's all you know. You know, there's no other sports. There's no, you know, it's all our, it's our life. Um, so eight years old, I just joined a team because my friends played. Um, got into it. Enjoyed being around my friends. I always enjoyed competing and I still do now. Um, so I had that competitive side, even from a young age. And in England, there was a lot of coaches just constantly telling you you weren't good enough, weren't good enough, which toughened you up from a young age. Now, you know, you want to adjust those things as you get older. But, you know, as I went through my years and I was just on club teams and then obviously started to perform a little bit better, we never really played any sort of high school and school and I was never really on so any how was state that? or county So, so you wait, what, what are you playing a league? Yeah. So how's the league set up? Is it versus city? Like how far are you traveling for a game on a, a Sundays? Were they Sunday games or Sunday They were games? Saturday morning games. Saturday morning. So every where are you Saturday going Saturday morning? morning? Where are you going Every Saturday morning. We would train maybe a couple of times a week. Um, we played 11 v 11 for as long as I can remember. <laughs> Eight years old. I swear it was an 11 v 11 field. I'm racking my brain. <laughs> I never remember playing 8v8. Right. So that, was a that of, information was not out there yet. You, but that mm-hmm. had pros and cons now. Right. As we referred to the end, at the start of, the, of our discussion, maybe I was messing some of that technical side of the stuff because I wasn't touching the ball a lot. But there was elements of my game because I was playing a big... I learned how to kick a ball maybe a bit further. I learned how to head the ball a bit further. I got to deal with goal kicks and heading the ball aerial yeah. battles. So that was different. Um, but we didn't really travel too far. Um, I never really had... You know, once I got involved more in the professional clubs, I think about 14, 15, I started getting some trials for professional clubs. Um, and then 16 or 17 was when I signed my youth professional contract with Aldershot. Um, and that's when it got very serious. 
but yeah, I mean, we were just training twice a week and it, it, it was just a different environment. We just loved the game and it was, um, it, it was just, it was just different. It wasn't structured like it right. is here. You know, right. it was very free. It was very organic. We loved just playing the game, competing. And I loved the game. And then as I got into my teen years, maybe 14 and 15, you know, I was missing some technical elements that maybe I'd, I'd missed from a young age. But I recognized that physically I could do things on my own. I was running. I mean, I'm sure you remember Tyler. Oh, I was one of the fittest people there's fit. ever been. I'm on the fit. Fit, fit now. He does 30 minutes of lunging, lunges around lunging. the whole field. 30 like, minutes of lunging. That's today. the first time I've ever heard that. 30 minutes of lunging. That like, was today. What? Oh, my God. I lunged two mile, uh, sorry, half a mile around the track today. took 30 minutes. Two laps around the track without stopping. I remember you loving the lunges at the time. <laughs> lunging, running. Yeah, right. I loved it. Because maybe I was missing that technical side of my game you were super fast i can i can't be as fast as you no way right not genetically possible remember guys i'm fast just for the record i'm a fast bad man lightning um but you know as i got into my teen years i i recognized i could run on my own i could maybe work out on my own and i added that side to my game and i think that pushed me past players that were maybe technically better than me and then when we got into college that was my strength because i learned that in my teen years to be fit to be you know, to, to be in good shape. And that carried me through. I was turning up the preseason. I was looking good. I was fit. I was right. always ready. And that maybe got me in the team. And you get in the team and you perform, you do well, as you referred right. to. So quick, I want to go here. When you were learning the game, did the game teach you more or did your coaches teach you the game? The game taught me more because it was me on a field playing the game. Right. But... My coaches influenced me a huge amount, you know, lots of criticism, lots of mental toughness, uh, lots of abuse growing up in England. You know, it wasn't friendly. Right. It was it was brutal. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a windy, it's a, it was, a windy it evening in, in Stark no City. E- there was no equal playing time. There was no, oh, good job. No, or, e- no, no equal no playing time. No there tunnels. Was, there was no tunnels and a little carton of cookies at the end of the game. It was, you know, it was pre-season training with no water. So it was, it was crazy. But uh, yeah, I think you learn so much in soccer. And that's why I'm a firm believer. It's the greatest game in the world. It's brought me the best memories. I mean, look, we've not connected in right. 12, 13 years. And here we are. Like, right. you wouldn't have think we've been any days apart. And that's from the power of soccer. And that's why I tell people the game, like the parents, if they let the, if the parents understand that this a lot of parents do start doing this for their kids to be part of something, something yeah. bigger than them, teach them about life skills and all that. And then all of a sudden it flips. Yeah. It flips into this project. And then that's why everything goes left and right. All the best players in the world, even in any sport, Michael Jordan was talking about it. We're watching the Michael Jordan um, last dance. We've been watching all these tennis players. What sports reminds them is always the moments. It's never, it's never, it's like even when they win the biggest game ever, it's the moments yeah. always like before, after. And then you realize it's not about really winning the yeah. competition, but it's being able to have the full life around that, right? Because the champions who don't have anything around them they don't live on for long right yeah, they, exactly. they they're just champions they change, yeah life goes they, on. they're not like they're now remembered past the game so i feel like we have to all remember that this game does so much right like look at this right Moments, jamie friendships jamie from postmodern i'm from kampala uganda we met in tyler texas <laughs> 2008 yeah. It's 2020. Yeah, crazy. We are in West New York, New Jersey. Looking at Manhattan. On a podcast. He's <laughs> <laughs> looking at Manhattan, Manhattan right? his apartment. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, if I did not play the game, yep. my life would not be there. And exactly. I tell people, like, it's not about being wealthy, being rich, but being rich in life. Like, this game does that for me. Yeah. Working hard helps you learn how to deal with situations where, like, the corona, the corona thing happens. Yeah. I don't think... A lot of footballers are reacting to it the way other people are. Yeah. Because the sport is still like connects you in a way where you still at home, you play a FIFA with your friend yeah. who's across the seas and you feel back to like exactly, everything yeah. is okay. So the game does it. You go juggle ball with a mate, even if it's six feet apart, it feels yeah. great. 
So that's what the game brings. Like you live life without really over analyzing where you should be, what you should be doing, and that kind of thing. So again, you know, it, it's remember the game for our players is for for life, not for just the game. It's yeah. for life. The game is for life. You know. So uh, we got into some of those questions, and it was great. Now I want to talk to you about this because you've been in this a lot. Uh, the DA, DA did stop. I don't know yeah. about the development academy setup was over with. And a lot of people were, you know, shocked and upset about it. Uh, when I heard the news, I was like, okay, oh, oh, another headline. Give me another headline. Because I know what it, it was a great platform for the 1%. But I feel like we have 90, 80%ers in the class where in the 80, 75 percentile concerned about this situation, about the DA. Yeah. Now, I want to see, you are at FDU, right? Yeah. How many players do you think you get in your pool of, let's say, how many, what's your pool at an FDU type of school? At how a many D1? players? Like a pool of players. Like you can have, trying out or part of this big roster. I mean, we try and carry about a roster of 30 players. 30 players. Give or take, yeah. Give or take. On how many of those are, let's say, just uh, off your tip of your head, fully scholarship, fully scholarship. Top of my head, mm-hmm. three, four, three, fully scholarship, four, four, four. If that, if that, if okay. That. If, <laughs> yeah. If that. So, uh, FDU D one school, four players out of the thirty might be fully scholarship. Yeah. So, how many roughly are on a half scholarship? Then, yeah, probably. 10 to 15. 10 yeah. to 15. And then the other side is they do in the middle, say. yeah. So what is the level of that fully scholarship play? Is that fully how many what's the level of that play within the US that's fully scholarship? That player isn't usually an American player. Okay. And I mean that because repeat that again, isn't an American player. So how does that work? Well, what you gotta think is that Americans usually come in with with grades and mm-hmm. government money or right, state right. money or tag money or whatever, um, you know, not giving away too many of our secrets, mm-hmm. but you know, we <laughs> would we would hope some of our our better players, the the game changers, mm-hmm. the different makers, are probably overseas players that we're right. pulling in straight out of professional clubs. You know, we're signing guys that have been internationals for their countries. They played in professional leagues. You know, they're playing at the so, highest level. So you're I'm telling me you. you're telling me my kid right now. My little nice, my my nice polished kid from Poland, but parents from Poland. He's a great soccer player. He's competing against the Polish version of him playing at the same club Lewandowski played for. Yeah, for FDU. Yeah, and that's FDU. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not Maryland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a different. It's just you know we were looking at a guy the other day, a Brazilian guy, I believe. And he was his highlight video was him playing with you know Vincius Junior who plays for Real Madrid. Yeah, but I have a video of my kid playing against uh, FC United uh, at Takahol. So, <laughs> playing in the U seventeen World Cup, Cut. we're looking to play. You know, we signing guys. We we were just watching some Argentinian soccer then. We were looking at a guy the other day. We're playing the U seventeen World Cup against players that I watch on TV every week, and we didn't sign him. I want you guys to listen to that. We didn't sign a guy. He was in the World Cup U17. Playing, playing against Argentina. And you, FDU, you didn't take him. And we didn't sign him. We didn't want to sign him. So, <clears throat> anyway. So what I'm saying is, I want you guys to understand this. Become a very good player. Do well in school. Yep. Because it's easier for the, the college coaches to take you in because you can get a lot of uh, additional financial aid yes, that doesn't certainly. have to be athletic scholarship. Exactly. I think going for an athletic scholarship for a sport like soccer in this nation is very hard. Exactly. Like you pretty much have to be a generation Adidas player. Yeah. Yeah, we were top, just should be like top should be in the top thirty players in the in the country. Yeah. To get you should be in a national team type of pool. You have to be, yeah. And then the first thing we would ask, even if we saw someone at the national team pool or, or whatever, what's his grades? 
Because we're not going to be like, here's 100% scholarship. We're going right. to like, what's his grade? Oh, okay, he gets... No, we can. We got 100%. Maybe we'll go down to 30 is great. So you guys are GMs. You guys are GMs. You guys are GMs, general managers yeah. in college soccer. Yeah, you're not like, oh, he's a good soccer player, he's 100%. You're not going to right. You're going to figure out grades. But you know why that's down. happening? You know why that's happening? Because college coaches understand the sport is international. Yeah. It's different. You're not playing against, you know, just people from New Jersey or New right. York. You're playing against. Everybody but from around the world. I think right. when we got to Tyler, there, oh was, my there was people in any country I've ever seen. I want, our one team. These were men. They were our like twenty. It was huge. I was like, our a, team. Our team had, I think, a player from each continent. Yeah, each easily, continent. Easily. And these guys were men. And these guys were. Remember Odinho Griffiths? Oh, he was huge. The Jamaican yeah. guy was, and he was the laziest. Yeah. Man on earth, but didn't he? But he could play. Yeah, but he could ball out. Yeah, you know, Kyle. I had Kyle on my. I had Kyle on one of my podcasts. Yeah, Kyle was, Kyle was amazing. Player, yeah. Amazing, incredible player. You know, we had these two twin towers in the back Roger from South Allen, Africa. So, so what I'm telling you, was, and yeah. how many real Americans? It was even me. I was American, quote unquote, because I came from New Jersey, and we had some guys from Texas. But who was on the starting lineup that was from? There wasn't. wasn't. And you maybe one by what I forgot his name, the striker. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Well, he can't be that good of (laughs) 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 But yeah, there (laughs) was. Yeah, we forgot him, but yeah, yeah, he was there. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Denny, I was up front, but Denny was Bosnian. Yeah, Bosnian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's (laughs) great. So what I'm trying to tell you guys, college is there for you, but. These coaches, they mean business, right? They're there to win games. It's anything. Right. It's their job, right. you know. They're so so, they don't put, they put so when you get a chance, and I know one of the players that I did uh, work, I didn't work with him. My partner, my ex partner, used to work with him. He's a he's a very good player. Freshman came in at Villanova, started. Yeah. So it's like you have to have like, but he bust. He's there. Is, yeah, there is, and it can happen. It is happening. But I want the parents to not think, oh, man, college is going to come and give you a It's No, they're going to want you, and they're going to work with you so you get in. So make sure the, the grades, the school grades are great, and make sure make sure the game is more than like, – don't, 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 don't focus on winning the game in whatever league you're playing in locally, but just outperform. Outperform, just do your best. And like you said there – you know, you're you're gonna lose games. You're not gonna win every tournament that you enter. It's you know, soccer is about friendships and memories and moments. Some of my best moments of life are maybe games that I've lost, where maybe as a person I found myself digging into those positions that never I had. The discipline I learned from being a soccer player and being a soccer coach is what it's all about. And just the memories, you know, my best friend. I've been best mans in wedding, just from soccer teammates. You know, all of my friends are soccer are soccer people, um, and that's what the game is all about. It's not about getting to end goals and professional. You see some of these professional players with everything they could have possibly have in life. Their best moments are having kids, having a wife, you know, mm-hmm. going on holiday mm-hmm. with their friends, whatever but, it may be. But that's how they love it more yeah. because of what. The game has given them done, and they are the best players. The one like we referred to then, I, I love telling that story about Messi. I, you know, he wasn't picking up a tennis racket, he wasn't playing volleyball. You know, he was playing soccer, and you know, Barcelona give him an opportunity or whatever. But the moments and the memories are why you play and you do this. The rest will come. College right. scholarships, they will come. You know, DA teams, they might come. You know, mm-hmm. you might be a star on your U twelve team, that will come. You might move up to the first team, that will come. But just don't lose track of why you play the game and why you fell in love with the game and just push yourself that, to that, be that the four best year old that kicking you the ball around in the house. That four-year-old feeling yeah. kicking around the house. I tell those parents, do you remember that day you took your kid to your the first kinder soccer session? Do you remember that parent? How you felt? That's how you should feel for the rest of your yeah. kid's career. That first kinder soccer moment when your kid just actually stops crying and decides to play with the other kids. And you're so excited that your kid has accepted to play with the other kids. Yeah. If you keep that same attitude all the way, 
you might have the next Messi on your hands and you'll not even know it. Exactly. And that's how weird it is. If you think, oh, I'm going to drill my kid into being no, a push-up tomorrow happen. morning, run two miles. Trust me, the day the kid says, I don't want to do this anymore, what are you going to do? Uh, lock him up. Well, if you lock him up, he can't play. So if you take me to a field, if you take a horse yeah. to the to water and he says he doesn't want to drink, is he going to drink? No. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you ever seen a host drinking without wanting to drink? You can't force a host to drink. <laughs> you can take it to the well or whatever. He's like, ah, I ain't drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, you have to remember that. From so, I have this nice question because I yeah. saved it for you because you and you you at a serious level. You have men playing against men, and a parent wanted to know. What are the most important things a defender must have? A defender must have in order f- uh, for uh, for it to last, for the game to last for them at the highest level, and to being effective in any game. What are some of the things you, as a coach, intent, are looking intent, for in a defender? Very good question. I've got the exact answer for this: intensity, 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 intensity in defending. You break know, it down, people think ah. Uh, Intensity is controlled by game speed or ball movement or attack, but intensity is controlled by defending and how quick you get to play, how quick you get to the ball, how quick you make one Yeah, Blah. just you get there, you get it. Intensity is my main thing with defending, but that's not just intensity and effort. There can be intensity, you have an intense mindset. You know, you've got to be focused on what you're doing, but you've just got to be about defending because you need to enjoy it. You need to you enjoy the game. Because when you, when you start playing the game, a lot of people just want to score goals, they want to create, they want to do skills and tricks. But defending, it's in the it's in the phrase. Defending, defend first. That is your job as a defender. Intense defending, you know. Be about it. Be focused. You've got to do dirty work as a defender. You've got to track runners. You've got to make tackles. You've got to win headers. You know, you've got to mark players tightly. Whatever it may be is defensive concepts. But intensity and defending you know as a striker you can have little moments you can right. hide you can reappear you can disappear you can run the channels you can walk you can jog but defending you you've got to constantly be on your game and intense there's a very clear answer to that and i'm big on that is my defenders should be intense and love it they should love defending okay. so intense now, so, there's obviously different elements right and if you want to defend the play out the back if you want mm-hmm. to be an overlapping so what about so intensity is good because you cannot be a defender if you cannot say hello. Yeah, you've got so, to be communicate. Hello. Communication. Yeah. Listen, for me, a defender, I don't care. I feel like it's so hard for you to knock someone out if you cannot tell the other player to knock someone out in front of you. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I feel like you can't all of a sudden just knock someone out, but you cannot tell your right back, your center mid, your six, hey, close down. <laughs> and then attacker comes to you and then you knock them out. I feel like if you cannot do that, you cannot do the other. Yeah. Right? So communication is... Communication is critical as well. Yeah, you need to be the part. You need to... Commu- you can see the whole field. You've got to give advice. You've got to give that to the midfielders. They've got to give it to the forwards. But, you know, it's got to start from you. And communication is key. And you're right. It's a good question, man. I'm glad that question came up because people don't want to be defenders. But you can be a good defender. You'll have a very good career. And it's great fun defending. I love it. I love it. Right. You. So, but some people say intensity and then they might say like a Varane... Van Dijk is intense yeah, in the but moment, in but like he picks the moment. Yeah. So sometimes, because you course, can't just win. There, there are those guys who are like good defenders, but you don't see that. You don't see. Yeah. You but don't see that company in them. Yeah, and it's not so, always in, like you said there. It's not intense. Always like, oh, you gotta be right, tackling hard. You gotta be heading the ball far. It's intense in your mindset, present, your right? focus, in your so present. present. You're intense, like your man's right, here. Right, you're intense, right. you're given that clear communication. You're just intense in your, maybe it could be intense in your mindset, like you're just constantly you can't fall engaged. Asleep. Intense and engaged. Yeah, engaged you, can't, you, can't be, you can be following. You're asleep. engaged. It's like the Sergio Ramos. You can you tell can't just sit around right. and be friendly. Like, like Sergio Ramos is yeah, always he's all the, the way. He's a key example. What a player, and he gets overlooked and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. But he's yeah. intense. He's about it. And look how he does. And I feel like I'm going to add to that is being present as a defender is like everything. Yeah. I feel like, like you said, you, you said strikers can take plays off. But remember when a striker balls in the attacking third, right? Yeah. If I'm a center back, some center backs think, okay, let me run. Nah. 
that's even the most time you should be like alert. Yeah. Because that ball pop out of nowhere, someone runs around you. Oh, gone, bang. Someone like you, gone. Yeah. So be present every single defenders. Like, just be present. I feel like after that, then you can work on your how hard, how fast, how strong you tackle, yeah. timing, um, you know, agility, work on your strength, of course, but learn the game. Exactly. I feel like learn the freaking game. Yeah. I feel like defenders should should be the players who know the game the most. They do. They And, you know, you can read a lot of things like they shouldn't be sliding tackling. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be that half a yard quicker in their minds than everyone else on the field. Because more often than not, if they make a mistake, then the other team is going to score. But, yeah, you're right. They need to be present. They need to be engaged. And they need to just read the game. I mean, I remember Chico, who played with us, was one of the best defenders I've ever seen. Chico, it I was asking big. He was fast. I was asking Kyle, who's, who's it? Chico? I'm like, Chico was he could, amazing. He could read the game like no other. He reminds me of Eric Bailly. Yeah. He would just jump out of nowhere. Yeah. Why are you? Bang. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, what a player! Yeah, that's that's that's, that's 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 interesting. That's a great one. That's a great. Yeah. One. I'm actually, I, I'm like, I need a photo of him in action going up for those headers yeah. of balance. He wasn't even that tall, right? He, he just could get all those there. headers. Oh man, yeah. yeah. So again, be present, defenders, and defending is part of the team, you know. And um, the other thing I wanted to add uh, with our players, and don't don't go into the game. We have this thing about we watch Messi. We all love Messi. We love Cristiano. We love the Zidane's. We have love Mbappe. But why? This is for me. Why are we all training this to be this one player that is playing on an eleven v eleven team? That's a good question. Uh, like you said, there they need to find a player that they like and the, that they. <laughs> I wanted to be Gary Neville. Gary Neville. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bang average, right. basic right, but he was my hero. And I've found similarities with his game and mine. And I think that's what players need to do. You know, I was never going to be as fast as you. I couldn't go and model Mbappe. Right. No, as quick as I'm not as quick as the average player right. in my age group. So you need to see what type of a player and as a person you are as well to visualize yourself as being that like individual. See yourself in that player, right? Listen, the game is 11 players. You don't need to be Mbappe. You don't need to be Messi. You might need to be the goalkeeper. You might need right. to be the right back. You might need to be the holder midfielder. But there's, just like we said to you then, there's a role for everyone on the team. And when you find that role, you'll enjoy it. And you'll find enjoyment in that role and satisfaction in those roles and make it your own. Make yourself the best version of it and just love it and improve yourself at it. And then you'll, you'll find your spot on the field. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, you know, remember, it's 11 v 11. Just be a good player. Be a very, very good player. They're going to find a place for you in that field. Yeah. Right? They can find... We have um, Tyler Adams, very good player for the United States. He's a number six, naturally, but they find ways on Leipzig and putting him right back yeah. if they need him on the field. Even in the national team, if they need to move players around, they, yeah. the coach will find a place for you. Yeah, they will. It's all about you getting on the field, being on the field. And so, remember... Play the game to be on the field. Play the game so you can learn about life. Play the game so you you look forward to every day because I think the game does that for us. Every day we look like I look forward to tomorrow because I get to train. You know, I get to touch the ball with the kids. I look forward to every single day. Yeah. Thanks to the game. I don't have to be playing the pro level, but it, I'm excited waking up to watch a game. I'm excited to wake up to coach a game. Yeah. I'm excited to wake up to kick a I'm excited to wake up and tell one of my friends, listen. Nah, Messi is not better than Cristiano. No, Cristiano did it. Yeah. Like, just football take, doesn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can be at work and take five hours out of just talking football and all of a sudden it's five o'clock. It's exactly. to hit yeah. the ball. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So football does all this for you as a child into, into a, a, an adult, right? So again, this was another episode of uh, Good Morning Football. Uh, it was a question Q&A episode with Mike. Long lost friend. Yeah, we're Jamie. back now. We're back together Jamie. now. We're back now. We failed. We f- oh, you didn't fail the fitness test. The nah, first one. I, I failed that and nah. I had to wake up the next morning. To, to <laughs> what? I hated that. Well, I mean, like four oh, sessions a day you were doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because we had to oh. do that. Then we joined in the, the fourth session. So again, wow. thanks for being here with us. Thanks for telling our the world, our listeners about some of the things that we might take for granted. It's good to hear it from different voices, 
uh, people who are not invested in youth soccer as yeah. much as because sometimes it's everyone has thinks it's an agenda to get to somewhere, but it's good to have someone who doesn't care if your kid is playing at SDA, World Class, whatever club it is, PDA, Citizens, because they're not gonna look at your patch. Do you no. look at any anyone's patch when you? Getting them into FDU, what what patch they had on? Nah, no, no. So again, he's here. He's about the game. He loves the game. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. This was a uh, good morning football. Another culture. We want to build this culture a little bit. Just one one episode at a time. Okay. So join us again for another episode, which will be coming. I don't know what topic will be, but it's always football. So enjoy that. Brought to you by again. Don't forget. Elite Training, they're sponsoring this. I don't know who they are, but they keep sponsoring us. So that's why we keep going. Again, see you next next episode. Stay safe. Stay safe. Don't forget to kick the ball. Hey, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Smile a day, please. If you don't <laughs> smile a day, man, you're going to have that's a it. hard life, all right? Cheers. See you guys. Okay. Thank you.